This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. I hope you had a wonderful weekend and uh, we'll have a interesting show for you to kind of kick off your week. Lots have been going on around the world and here in New York City. But, uh, you know, here at the Conscious Consultant Hour, we're all about trying to help you uh, achieve the things you want, do better in, in life, feel better, be more conscious, and to really, uh, let's take things to an even higher level. Um, of course, we start off, as always, with our quotes from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what uh, Abraham and the universe have in store for us today. From the universe. Don't you just love all those crazy little quarks, atoms, and molecules that unceasingly manifest themselves into whatever you're thinking, no matter how big and daunting, small and simple, or rich and gorgeous? Just look at them all right now. Nice quarks and atoms, baby, the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe think he's chiding us on with the observer effect of what happens when we actually look at all those little nice quarks and atoms and neutrinos and fun stuff. Anyway, let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. It's not necessary for you to exacerbate your contrast with struggle in order to get it into a higher place. It is not necessary to suffer in order to give birth to desire. But when you have suffered and you have given birth to desire, so what? You've got a desire. Turn your attention to the desire. Think about where you're going and never mind where you've been. Don't spend any more time justifying any of that stuff. Abraham. Hmm. Quite interesting quote from Abraham today. Um, kind of goes in hand in hand with the universe in terms of what you're looking at and you see this is the thing we think that well you know we have to suffer we have to toil for years and years in order to achieve, in order to achieve you know the diamond that gold watch the, the 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 brass ring that we're looking for all of life and what Abraham is saying is like, you know what? Give it up. <laughs> it's like you don't have to kill yourself in order to have amazing things in your life. Yes, we all experience contrast, which helps us to identify more of what we do want um, and less of what we don't want so that we understand the direction that we want to go for ourselves personally in our own life. Having experienced that contrast, we don't need to wallow in it. We don't need to keep revisiting over and over and over again, you know, how all these things went wrong and how this guy stole money from me and my boyfriend cheated on me and my girlfriend uh, did that to me and, and, and the bank did this and the government's doing that and these people are doing this. It's like, yes, we all get it. You know, there are jerks out there um, and there are good people out there. And having experienced some experience with someone who's a jerk just helps to amplify within us our desire to be around people who are amazing, have integrity and lift us up. We don't have to keep 
talking about how these people tore us down because we now know we want to be lifted up. We don't need to keep focusing on all the things that have gone wrong in our life. As a matter of fact, the more we focus on the fact those things have gone wrong in our life, the more we will attract, what is that audience? Yes, you're right. More things (laughs) that will go wrong in our life. Because what we focus on expands. What we focus on, we are giving our energy to, our attention to, our thought to. And when we're thinking about those things, that will naturally lead us in that direction. Now, I know some people out there superficially might take Abraham's words and say, oh, so all I have to do is think about this thing and it's going to show up. No, that's not what Abraham is saying. However, what he is saying is the more you focus on the things you want, the more you you look at it, the more you revel in how good it's going to feel when you have those things, the more that's going to help you line up your energy with those things unconsciously reprogram yourself so you're naturally going to start doing more and more of the right things right you you're not just going to sit there and meditate on your couch all day long about having a million dollars and a million dollars is going to show up yeah there might be some zen master who's been meditating for like a hundred years who might be able to do that but most of us i think that might be a little bit unrealistic However, if we start our day meditating on how wonderful our business meetings are going to go today, how great our relationships are going to go, how like amazing people are going to show up in our life so unexpectedly, and that's going to lead to something good, that then when that unexpected person shows up, we're more prepared for them, and the more we're able to take advantage of that serendipitous opportunity. So, again, the more we focus on what didn't work in our life, the more we are disempowering ourselves, the more we are unpreparing ourselves for the good stuff coming. And the more we focus on all the great things that have happened in our lives, and the more we focus on what our real desires are, the more we prepare ourselves for allowing those desires into our life. So, two wonderful quotes from the universe and from Abraham. I hoped you enjoyed them. And of course, we will have more quotes for you next week. And now it is my great pleasure to introduce to you Ken Tenser. Ken is a business and innovation thought leader. You know, we're all about thought leaders here on Talking Alternative, who is the co-developer of the 90% rule, which is a success-tested innovation process that enables businesses of all sizes to identify, filter, and implement growth opportunities. As CEO of Spiderworks, Ken helps companies with both branding and innovation strategies. His insights on entrepreneurship and innovation appear in his monthly column for Canada's national newspaper, The Globe and Mail. Ken is also the co-author of two books on innovation, uh, the first one being The 90% Rule, as well as the bestseller, Cause a Disturbance, which are being avidly read by business leaders throughout the U.S., Canada, and Europe. He has sat on a number of for-profit and not-for-profit boards and has served as a member of the advisory board for the Conference Board of Canada's Centre for Business Innovation. Uh, so, Ken, welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour. Thanks for having me today. Oh, you're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. Let's see if we can take some of that innovative thought into some new realms today. Well, absolutely. And it's funny, I was, I was listening to the introduction that you gave, and it, it really speaks so closely to, to what I talk about in my books. Ah, wonderful, wonderful. Great. We'll, yeah. we'll get to that in a minute, but I, I usually like to start off giving my audience a little bit of, of background of, of the person who I, I have on the other end of the microphone. Um, because, you know, so often people think like, oh, my God, this guy's so smart. He's so good, so successful. You know, oh, I'm, I can't be like that. When, when most people don't realize that, you know, in general, even the most brilliant person usually has humble beginnings. So I'm, I'm just curious, what kind of, what was your path like that led you to become, I, I guess I would call you an innovation expert? 
Well, I, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I mean, the, the truth is I came from an entrepreneurial background. My, my, my father was a successful entrepreneur. My um, late father-in-law was a, a successful entrepreneur. And it's just something I've always been fascinated by. I, I think even, you know, when I was younger in high school and choosing a path in university, I, I was, you know, reading articles about entrepreneurs. And, you know, <laughs> 30 years ago, that, that was a... You know, they were they were fewer and far between. Um, you know, compared to today, but they just fascinated me because they mm. got up in the morning and they wanted to to make a difference in the world. They wanted to change something, right. and they had an incredible belief in themselves and and who they were and, and what they could do. And I, I just I've always been fascinated by that and passionate to to follow that path and learn how they became. You know, you know, great business people, great innovators, and and great, you know, people in general. Wow, wow, yeah. I I started off pretty early in life, I guess, just just being a, an entrepreneur. I remember my first, the first thing I ever did that I got paid money for was a friend of mine used to his, his brother used to uh, deliver dry cleaning for this dry cleaning little small dry cleaning shop, and and during the summer his brother was away, so he he used to take over his brother's route, and then you know he got sick or something happened. He's like, hey Sam, you want to take over my dry cleaning route for a couple of days? You make you know some money on tips. I'm like, okay, sure. So I started learning pretty young, uh, delivering dry uh, cleaning laundry to to make some money. And then uh, with another friend, uh, we used to buy papers off of the, the, the newspaper delivery truck on Saturday nights with the Sunday papers and we'd walk around and especially wintertime to all the bars in the neighborhood and, and like sell them for a nice markup in the bars. And so, you know, all these people who didn't want to go out to, to the news, to the newspaper stand in a snowy night would like buy it off of us from, from the bar, like going around bar to bar. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, it's, it's infectious, isn't it? Once, once you right. start coming up with ideas, you just, you get so excited about the next one. Right, right, right. Though, though, unlike you, my parents were actually both civil servants. I mean, my father was a statistician who worked for the city highway department, and my mother was a, a school teacher. So, you know, I didn't really get all that encouragement to be an entrepreneur. So, I ended up starting off my career after I graduated college. You know, working for the banks and financial institutions. But it it didn't really take me too long before you know I was less like, you know. I'm working just as hard or harder than the guy in the cubicle next to me, but somehow my paycheck doesn't really reflect this. I think I want to like <laughs> go do something where you know I'm really getting the full benefit of how hard I work. Oh, oh, de- de- definitely. I mean, it's it's well, it's it's controlling your own destiny, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just you know believing in yourself and believing that you can do something and give back and. Right. in a different way and and yes getting a return for for the effort you're putting in and i, I think that's what drives a lot of people right yeah absolutely and and not wanting to deal with the office politics per se and and really wanting to to be able to to make decisions that that affect your life instead of those decisions being handed down by somebody on high who who doesn't even know you well, well definitely yeah, beautiful. Okay, well, uh, it's time for us to take our first commercial break. So uh, we'll go out to break, and when we come back, um, let's just talk about what got you to really focus on innovation as as you know a, a thought leadership category, and and some of your experiences that helped to sort of formulate your strategies around innovation. Okay, Ken. Good. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And my guest this hour is Ken Tenser, CEO of Spiderworks. We'll be back in just a moment. listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris, lifestyle travel consultant and your host on Travel and Wellness Today. Join me on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time for travel chat, travel tips, and travel news updates. That's on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour. We're speaking today with Ken Tenser, a thought leader who uh, is really all about the the process of innovation. So, so Ken, I'm curious, what kind of got you started in in, in sort of focusing on this aspect of innovation? Because there are many different aspects of business for people to really, uh, um, you know, help improve and processes and all different kinds of things. What really brought innovation to the forefront for you? Well, I, I think it started out uh, early in my entrepreneurial ca- career as, as a need. Hmm. Um, you know, when you're building your business, your customers are, are always asking you, well, what are you going to do for me now? What are you going to do next? Um, you know, what's coming down the pipe that can help me, you know, build my business or, or, or help me solve one of my challenges? So I, it just became something that I would sit down with my partner and my management team and say, okay, guys, we've got to continuously be thinking about new things, new opportunities uh, that we can bring to the market uh, or else our customers are going to get a little bit tired of us. So, so honestly, the, the beginning was really um, customer-driven. Mm-hmm. And, I, and frankly, I think that that's how, uh, if, if you learn to, li- to listen to your customers, I think that's how a lot of great businesses get started and grow. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you know, I, was, I had a co- an interesting conversation with somebody the other day who, who's a business guy, and um, he, he brought up an interesting point that I'd never thought of, which is that like most innovation and breakthrough usually happens with smaller organizations, more entrepreneurial organizations, even though the R&D budgets of these big corporations are like in the trillions of dollars. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a great myth out there that, that, that innovation is, you know, for large companies. But mm-hmm. in innovation, it, it's really the simplest notion in business to me. It's about having an idea and bringing it to market. And mm-hmm. that idea can be to, to generate revenue or to, to control your costs, to improve your bottom line. And we all have ideas. I, I think the problem is, is that we write them you know, on the back of sticky notes or on a piece of paper that goes yellow and, you know, wrinkles up, falls off the desk. And and, and the the truth is um, we've just got to learn to harness those ideas. And and entrepreneurs, uh, you know, we have more ideas, I I believe, than than anybody else out there. Right. So so I think that's why those the smaller companies... Um, they have a continuous flow of idea of ideas, and they're nimble. They, they yes. can do things quicker. Right, absolutely, and and also though they have a tendency to like come at things from different angles. 
Um, because in the same conversation I had with this gentleman, you know, he pointed out about like, you know, what happened to, to Sony that pretty much dominated the consumer music scene with their Walkman for years until Apple came out with the iPod and literally just took that whole market away from Sony. I mean, you would think like, you know, Sony should have had all these researchers and developers coming up with new ideas. How come it took a computer company to come up with this idea of this portable MP3 player as opposed to Sony that had the Walkman, which had dominated for, I, I don't even know for how many years the, the Walkman was like the thing to walk around with. Well, the, you know, the Sony's a great example. Kodak's a, a great example. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they created digital photography and they, they put it on a shelf because they didn't want to um, take away from their sales of film. Right. And, and w- what I like to say is, you know, don't be afraid to make your uh, yourself obsolete or, or somebody right. else will do it for you. <laughs> and I, I think that large companies just truly believe in their own power to to uh, dominate a market that it, that it will keep going on and on right. as market leaders. And uh, the reality is, is, as we see time and again, especially today, um, you, you can come to market, uh, you know, quicker, more nimbly. And you, you can knock off some of those those large uh, companies who, who you know sort of get complacent in their thinking. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it's not even just complacent in their thinking, but it's like it's almost like there are these invisible walls around their thinking that they don't even know are there, so they don't know like they need to break out of that box or those walls. Yeah, and I think I think the walls are because they they think of themselves as commodity manufacturers, mm. meaning you know we make the Walkman, right. whereas an Apple, um, you know, is, is about intuitive technology. How do we design things design things that are going to enhance our customers' lives? Right. And, and I think that opens up a breadth of thinking. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah that differentiates absolutely. you know the. The, the companies that die and those that, that keep breeding new uh, opportunities. Right, right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. So in line with that, I, I understand your 90% rule is something to help with that. W- what is the 90% rule simply? Well, it's um, it, it's a philosophy more than it is a formula. And, okay. and again, it goes back to what you said off the top. It's about... I, I like to define what I'm really good at or, you know, as, as a company or even great at and call that the 90%. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we start with, we start from our strength uh, and, and understanding what makes us a great company. But mm-hmm. then I truly believe that I've done this every day as an entrepreneur. I ask myself what that next 10% can be, what that new, improved, mm-hmm. or better that I can bring to market is and it, it can be very small it can be incremental or, or it can be you know larger but uh, again it's 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 start with what you're good at and always ask yourself okay what's next hmm. uh, make that just part of your thinking so it sounds more like it should be called the 10 percent rule then because you're always looking for that next 10 <laughs> percent <laughs> well yeah, yeah you know what it, it could be but again i the, the reason i like the 90 is that it shows hmm. you that as I say, you're 90% of the way there. I mean, mm, and I think okay. it goes back to when I was a young entrepreneur and, and people would come to my company and, and we were growing very quickly and profitably. And they would start by telling me the things that I was doing wrong and, and mm. what was wrong with, you know, me or my team or my company. And it, it really put me off. Mm. And, and I always said that if I, you know, leave the, the manufacturer, or leave the client side to go to the service side, I'm not going to start that way. I'm going to start by helping people understand what they're really good at and, and embrace their strengths uh, and build from there. So I, I guess that's why I, I took, you know, that 90% to make people feel great uh. about uh, their businesses. And, and, and frankly, most of the businesses I deal with, whether they're two people or, or, or 200,000, are, are really great at the core. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it's great getting people to focus on how far they've come, not how far they need to go, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And and so since you've had experience on sort of both the 
manufacturing side as well as the service side. Do you find that um, how you apply what you've learned is, is different or is it pretty much the same regardless? You know, there's, there's a lot of commonality between both. And, and the funny thing is that a lot of it just comes down to, to communication and, and, mm. and freedom to, to communicate, if you will. I, I think that um, innovative companies have a culture where, you know, uh, to, to, to be, for you to be free to come up with ideas, to mm. speak your mind, to, to engage one another, to push forward, I, I think that that's really at the heart of any innovative company, whether it's, uh, you know, manufacturing, retail service, financial, I mean, you just, you just walk into certain ones and, and some will, will have that openness. And mm-hmm. again, you talked about serendipity and, and Zappos and Tony C. Um, uh, he was always about serendipity and creating mm-hmm. serendipitous conversations. Mm-hmm. That, that breeds innovation. And then sometimes you'll just you know, walk into a company and, and nobody's allowed to voice an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or if they want to keep their jobs, their opinion always happens to be the exact same opinion as the <laughs> boss, right? Uh, well, that's right. And, you know, it's tough because when we were starting out or when I was starting out, we, we were taught to, you know, one foot in front of the other, head down and shut our mouths. And that's kind yeah. of the, the formula for for getting ahead, but you know, which the new is generations about communication and conversation, right? Which is kind of starts when you're in school, right? Because when when you come into a classroom, what are you taught? You're taught to like sit in your seat, be quiet, hold it in until class is over, and pay attention to the teacher. And you're not supposed to question the teacher. The teacher is always right. You know, it's just this whole model. Uh, uh, from from corporate entities to even our school system really all comes from you know that that uh, industrial age way of thinking when we all had to turn farmers into assembly line workers who farmers who were pretty creative and entrepreneurial at their core because they had to work with nature they had to be nimble they had to think differently but when you take those people and you need them to just turn a screw on a widget on an assembly line you can't have you know 50 people trying to decide a better way to turn the screw or doing it differently you need them to work in sync so even our education system was like designed to like almost like knock the creativity out of people unless you're going into a school that's for fine arts uh, absolutely, and I, I think though that technology and millennials are, are changing the way that that we're all thinking. Yeah, and, you know, people. You know, I, I know there's a big struggle today of you know how, how do we manage millennials, but I, I don't think you manage them. I think you embrace the fact <laughs> right. that they know how to communicate. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, and you let them manage the themselves. The truth is, yeah. as managers or entrepreneurs or you know whatever we're doing in our lives, I you, you can't do it alone anymore you know having an idea and you know riding it for two three four five years it doesn't work that way anymore you have to be continuously changing and adapting so embracing conversation embracing one another i think that's um you know that's that's really just the simple key to innovation communication ideas and knowing that we all have uh, great ways to think and share Okay, great. Well, you know what? It's time for us to take another commercial break. How about when we come back, let's uh, come up with just some examples, maybe from your experience, going from like very, very small organizations to maybe mid-sized or larger organizations of like how to really, you know, put this process into action, okay? Sure. Wonderful. So everybody... Please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. And if you would like to call in and ask your own questions of Ken or myself, our call-in number is 877-480-4120. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are 
Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant, and I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. So, Ken, we've talked about this 90% rule. And we've been talking a lot about innovation. Let's um, like give our audience, you know, just a, some, some case studies, I guess you'd call them, so, to give them an idea of like how to implement these ideas. So, I don't know, maybe you have uh, some, some examples. Let's start with maybe some smaller organizations and then maybe an example of, a, of, of applying this to a larger organization. Sure, I can give you uh, three examples. Uh, the first one is somebody that I work with directly, and a couple I've read about that I just you know love what they did as examples. Okay. Um, so th- the first one, starting very small, was a, a financial services company, okay. and we were working with them. And the the lead partner um, said to me, you know, our, our customers don't really appreciate everything that we do for them. <laughs> and, and I think a lot of us in services, you know, have that challenge of how do you how do you quantify or, or qualify, you know, what you do. Mm-hmm. And, and I said to them, well, are, are you telling them? And, um, <laughs> and he just sort of had that blank stare on his face. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, quarterly, are you providing them an update on all the breakthroughs that you've provided to them for their business? Mm. And he said, no, absolutely not. We, we, you know, maybe once a year we get together and I'll give them a couple of ideas. Well, um, what they did was they implemented a very, you know, a, a quarterly update on what they had done and, and the financial benefits uh, mm. to their customers. And while that may not seem innovative, it, it actually is because it's, for them, it was communicating in a different way right. than they had done in the past. And, and I use that because innovation is not invention. It's not ah. about doing something completely new. It's about doing something completely new for your business. And for him, by communicating differently and by providing information in a different way to his customers, he's tremendously increased, uh, you know, his customer satisfaction uh, ratios in the last couple of years. Wonderful. So that, and again, that's a, it was a very small company, about five or six people in services. Right. And, and I love that example because it's really, it's just about communication and, and, and just increasing and, and, and modifying the type of communication to let people know, like, hey, yeah, you want people to appreciate you doing something? Let them know, because how often do we take things, on the communication side, how often we take things for granted? 
Well, absolutely. And, and again, I think that, you know, as, as we talked about in the last segment, most of innovation does come down to how we communicate or, or maybe in greater part how we learn to listen to the market and to the customers mm, and interpret yeah. um, and, and address their needs. And, you know, the second example I read about in Fast Company was just a wonderful little company called Marlin Steel. Mm-hmm. And at the, at the point... Um, of writing the article, they were about 52 years old. Mm-hmm. And for the first 50 or so years, uh, they'd been in the bagel basket business, which is exactly what it sounds like. They, uh-huh. they made bagel baskets, so when you went into bakeries, they were the, you know, the metal baskets that held the bagels. Right. And they, they found that, um, you know, during the Great Recession, that they were actually, um, their cost to manufacture was actually greater than their overseas competitors were selling them for. Wow. So that, that obviously isn't a great business model. Right. So what they did is they, they basically made baskets in different shapes and sizes, and they advertised it to the trade and said, you know what, we're not in the bagel basket business, we're in um, the holding technology, or we'll call it basket business. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you need to hold? And uh, Boeing actually was one of their first, um, the people who responded first to their ads. And they paid four times more for their baskets because they weren't price sensitive, they were quality sensitive. Yeah. So, you know, by, by, by listening to the market and making a tiny shift um, in how they saw what they were doing, their sales increased 600% during the recession. Mm, wow, that's and amazing. Well, you know, when, when you think of how Made in America was supposed to go away and they, they, they simply, you know, spoke to the market, listened to the market, and, and grew at such an incredible pace and, and continue, um, to my understanding, with double-digit sales. So, again, innovation, it's not invention. It doesn't have to be rocket science. It's, just, right. Um, right. It, it's about understanding the challenges that customers are having and, and finding ways to address them. Right, right, right. Amazing. Yeah. And it's also, it's, it's just changing your mindset around what it is that you do. Like they said, we're not in the bagel basket business anymore. We're in kind of the, the, the basket business, period. You know, it's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, the, the example that always comes to mind for me is, do you know what business McDonald's is in? Absolutely. (laughs) They're not in hamburgers. (laughs) Right. They're not in the food business. They're in the real estate business. And what they do is they take underappreciated real estate assets and they turn it around and they're one of the largest commercial holding. They have one of the largest real estate commercial holdings out of any organization. So according to McDonald's, they're all about real estate. They're not about food. Right, and it's that elevation from, you know, commodity to, to that larger ideal that, again, it, it opens up opportunities. I mean, right. um, Howard Schultz of Starbucks always says that Starbucks is not in the coffee business. They're right. about um, being in the meeting place business. They mm. want to be the third meeting place. There's, there's home, there's work, and there's Starbucks. Yeah. And, yeah. and I believe that that's why there's so many corner coffee shops, and then there's one with tens of thousands of outlets because they're thinking about how people want to meet and talk and exchange ideas, not just simply drink a, a cup of coffee. Right, right, right. W- so, what's your third example, or was that your third example? Uh, the third example is something that I heard when I was a, a young manufacturer at the time, and it was uh, American Airlines. Um, they launched something called the Fuel Smart program about 15 years ago. And right. what I loved about it is that they engaged their people and said, you know, we have to find ways to, to save on fuel. Um, on obviously not, you know, risk <laughs> life or capital, but, right. but there must be ways. And um, so their team, and they put it out to everybody in the company, their, their team came back with some very simple um, ideas. The first one was when the uh, jet landed to turn off one of the uh, two engines when they were taxiing, because it only needed, a jet only needs one's engine to taxi back to the gate. Oh, that's um, okay. The second thing they came up with was... Um, when moving the planes from the hangar to the gate, not to fire up the engines, but use the tow motors. And uh, they, they managed to save um, over $2 billion um, wow. from very simple refinements. Um, and again, from tapping into you know, the ba- brain trust within their company. And 
why this really moved me is at the time I had a very small manufacturing firm. We, had, we were a couple of years old, and, and I knew that I couldn't save um, billions of dollars. Right. <laughs> I couldn't count that high. <laughs> um, but what I could do is, is I could look at everything I was doing in my business, how I was buying uh, supplies, how I was bringing them in, how I was inventorying them, how I was bringing them to the line and making and shipping. And I, I found that I had a zigzag through my plant rather than a straight line. Oh. And, I, you know, I was able in the end to, to, to refigure out my, my ordering and my processing and, and save tens of thousands of dollars. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. And, and it's, again, it's this, the, you know, innovation process, innovation, how you do things. Uh, it's very powerful, and it's very often overlooked. And that's why, you know, American Airlines, it spawned my thinking about process innovation. Mm. And, and I start there with um, almost all the companies I work with, because we can almost always find, you know, different ways to do things. Hmm. Do you find that there is a difference how you innovate in a service-oriented business versus a, a product-oriented business? Well, I mean, there, there is in, in the sense of, um, you know, in manufacturing a product, obviously you have the different dynamics um, of, mm. of physical inventory. Right. So it, it gives you a added scope to look at how you build your products again, how you, you know, bring them to market, uh, how you merchandise or how you deliver them. So it definitely brings um, added scope uh, to the opportunity to innovate. But... Again, if you look at service, um, you know, I, I often productize service in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, I'm offering service one or service two or service three. So how am I developing that? Mm -hmm. uh, how am I delivering that? How am I getting feedback and refining it? So th those basic tenets really stay the same, I think, through all organizations. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, um, believe it or not, it's time to take our last commercial break of the show. Time just flies when I have such interesting guests. So when we come back, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the state of innovation today and how um, is innovation today different than innovation was in the past. Okay, Ken? Do. Wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour has been Ken Tenser, and we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris lifestyle travel consultant and your host on travel and wellness today join me on thursdays at 12 noon eastern time for travel chat travel tips and travel news updates that's on thursdays at 12 noon eastern time on talkradio.nyc dude 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 Transforming Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. It's the Dudes of Disruption. The Dudes of Disruption is a new show geared toward the global tribe of disruptors who are committed to interrupting the automatic ways of their lives so they go out and leave their mark on the world powerfully. Consider every Tuesday night, 8 to 9 Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com, forever disrupted. 
the dudes of disruption disrupting your automatic dude talking alternative radio 24 hours a day Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Ken, we've been talking all about innovation this uh, show. I'm curious, it, is innovation, I don't want to say different than it was you know, 20, 30 years ago, but is the need for innovation different or is how people are innovating different? Well, I, I think the need is, is dramatically different. I mm. think that... Um the change, the pace of change in the world is, is increasing. I think the technology and the way we manufacture and bring things to market um, has increased. So, um, yes, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, I know when I started in my career, again, you could ride an idea for one, two, three, four, five years. And, and, mm. and now, um, you know, six months in, great companies are, are, are changing and, uh, manipulating upgrading their, their their products and services which puts so much pressure on all of us right right so so the, the, it's sort of like that cycle has really decreased tremendously so that we're almost in a continuous cycle of innovation aren't we yeah and i and i like to say to be a great company today you you have to think about innovation like you do accounting or, or hr or or you know r&d whatever is you know those those core competencies competencies in your business. It's it's not something that you get around to in you know offsite uh, um, idea storming or uh, you know brainstorming sessions once a year. It really is a core competency, and it, it was it was hammered home for me when I um I, I read an article in Forbes recently, and it said that seventy five percent of customers who leave our companies are actually satisfied with what they're receiving from us. And I thought, wow, that, that's, that's pretty scary, that, that we can be satisfying our customers and they can still be you know, leaving. And yeah. as I read on and thought about it, what it was really saying is that um, status quo is, is boring our customers today. It's same old, same old. And yeah. unfortunately, they don't, they don't make an announcement when, when they leave. They can just, you know, cross the street or, right. or pull their account. So, yeah, innovation is something um, that, that has to be continuous and, and ingrained within your company today. Right, right, right. Yeah, because uh, as it is, like nobody's going to take the time to tell you what annoys you about, what annoys them about your company or anything. They're just going to go because it's not worth their time to try and educate you on what you did wrong. Um, and and as you're saying, it's like what you did wrong could be just something as simple as you've become boring to them. Yes, and I like to say it's not. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm not sure. It's not like a personal relationship. They, they always tend to tell you why they're leaving. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more than you want to hear, but no, you're absolutely right. I mean, especially if you're if you're there's an online component to your business, they simply go to another www dot address and and order the product from there. Right. 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 So, any any tips for our audience on? Um, what they can do to have just a more, uh, just to shift their mindset a little bit to be more innovation oriented. Yeah, what what I do is, I mean, first when I'm out of the office now, I I, I really take the time not to, when I can not to cab or take a subway, especially if I'm traveling, mm-hmm. because I just want to look around and I want to see what's going on, what's new, um, you know, what's what's happening. Just become more aware of my surroundings. I definitely go to a lot of conferences or peer groups and try and go to ones that aren't relevant um, or seemingly relevant or, you know, to the industry you're in. Because, you know, in your industry, you're going to hear same old, same old for the most part. So right. learn what people are doing in, in other industries, because that'll, um, 
that'll open your mind up to, to possibilities that you can take and transplant into your business. Right, right, right. So it's, it's kind of be open to other things that have nothing to do with what you're doing because that's where you can really spark some uh, a different perspective on what you do. Absolutely. How people are communicating using different technologies, uh, you know, how barcodes were, were used for products, but then, mm. you know, receiving and manufacturing. I mean, that type of thing. It completely, ideas can cross industries. And if you're the first one to recognize that, then that's going to give you a heck of a leg up. Right. And right, right. The, the other thing I say is be transparent internally. I have, I have a big board in my uh-huh. office that's very open to everybody in the office that uh-huh. shows the, you know, sort of the, the different pillars for growth that we have. And I have just uh, post-it notes and, and um, pens beside it. And I just ask people to come and put different ideas up, you know, whenever, whenever they're inspired. And Uh in that way, we're always thinking about ideas, uh, you know, internally on a continuous basis. And and every month when I have, you know, sales and marketing or business development meetings, I I pull that board out and we look at the ideas once a month, not once a year. So, Mm. you know, be very transparent, again, because communication and openness is is important. I mean, people can't guess what you're thinking or guess where you want to be for business. Right, so it's really important to be just open and clear and continuous with your communication. Uh, absolutely, uh, internally and and with your customers. I, right. I, I tell my um, the people I work with, uh, you know, to go out with with customers uh, at least every quarter, not not just to, to sell to them, but just to listen to them. Right, and right. you know, just ask them what's keeping them up at night because. You know, often the great innovative ideas, again, they, they come from the market. They're challenges that your customers are having. So take the time to ask them. Right, right, right. And, and you also talk about reverse engineering your processes. What do you mean by that? Well, it goes to listening to the customer. I mean, uh, often we, we sit in a room and brainstorming or ideation, and we say, oh, gee, you know, what do we have that we want to bring to market or what's important to me? But... That's really not that important because we're not buying what we're selling. It's it's the customer who is. And right. Jeff Bezos of Amazon, I think he said it best, and he called it reverse engineering. He he always started with finding the challenge or the opportunity in the marketplace, and reverse engineering our, our businesses and our processes to to solve that specific challenge. So mm. it's it's not you know what I want to bring to market. It's what I want to bring to market that the customer has a very specific need for. Right, even if the customer isn't aware that they have a need for it necessarily. Well, they might not be able to vocalize a solution, but they can often say, you know, the, again, going back to, to the Boeing and the Marlin Steel, you know, the, the, the specifications that aren't being met uh, mm. in the current supply environment, can you do it? And, and in that case, right. Marlin Steel could. So. They might not be able to vocalize a specific solution, but they're they're pretty good at telling you their challenges. Right, right, right. And and so, g- given that sort of the cycle in business is, has gotten so truncated, you really have to, uh, you know, not take years to come out with your new version 2.0 or or your next product line or your next service offering, but you need to kind of do it almost in, in months or weeks, right? Well, you do, but again, you can understand that innovation can goes from simple to disruptive. Hmm. Um, on the simple side, you know, changing how you communicate, like the services right. firm did, you know, that doesn't take very long to change. So if you're making small incremental changes along the way, the customer recognizes that as, as innovation. So, you know, it's not that you have to change your product every year. I mean, the iPhone goes from 6 to, you know, 7 to whatever. And it's making small incremental changes, but doing them more often. Right, right, right. But also keeping an eye because while you're doing small incremental changes, somebody else might totally leapfrog the idea and come up with something completely different. Definitely. Again, it goes back to Kodak. Don't be afraid to make yourself obsolete in the back of... 
your mind, you should have that one to two year plan where, where your company might look completely different. Right, right. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Ken, for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure having you. If people would like to learn more about yourself or your organization, uh, where would they be able to find out more information? Causeadisturbance.com is uh, the company, our workshops, and book. Oh, wonderful. Causeadisturbance.com. And uh, you got anything special coming up? What's ne- what comes next for Ken Tenser? What comes next? I'm actually traveling to, to Brazil to talk about innovation to manufacturers during a period of economic crisis. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> cool. Pretty exciting times, to be honest. Wonderful, wonderful. That's great, Ken. That's great. Okay, Ken, well, thank you for, for being on the show. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, when you make it to New York City, you're going to look me up, right? Thank you, Sam. I absolutely will. Wonderful, wonderful. So that was Ken Tenser, CEO of Spiderworks, which if you want to look at that com- uh, company, it's spell- Spider is spelled S-P-Y-D-E-R, works. Um, and uh, just a little quick announcement. I know uh, people have been wondering, you know, when is uh, Kevin Barbaro going to come back with Coffee Talk 3.0. He's been taking a break for a couple of weeks, and he's actually going to extend his break a little bit. We're not going to have any new shows for, for Kevin Barbaro for a few weeks, but he's uh, deep in his own process of innovation, wanting to reinvent his show and change it around. So when he comes back, it will probably be Coffee Talk 4.0. I have a sneaking suspicion or something thereabouts. Um, but of course, we will continue to bring you a Amazing, amazing guests. And uh, I believe for next week, my guest will be, hopefully, he's rescheduled, uh, Dr. John Martini of The F- Secret Fame, who was supposed to be on my show uh, earlier this year, but due to his travel schedule, had to, recon- uh, had to postpone it. So I believe, if, I don't have my schedule in front of me, but I believe it's next week, August 31st. So I hope you will join me then. So everybody, thank you for listening. And for sure, you know, we will talk to you next week. Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. 
If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.